102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, you need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever it's called today. You can do that. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. You can post comments on Twitter or X or whatever it's called today. Uh, just don't suck. Get to the point. Make the show better if you can on Twitter, X. It's at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you subscribe and check out the podcast. We drop it each afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you down your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, even though I look like Shrek and I hate the light in my face. Uh, seems to be doing pretty well. We drop the videos each afternoon as well. Subscribe to it on YouTube. For all the jokes and hot takes about Texas A&M's payout to Jimbo Fisher, there's a side to this that is it's pretty much of a mystery to me. And I don't think it's mentioned. No, it's not mentioned at all. And it's odd to me. It's only now been mentioned by Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports and Jeff Ward. I don't know anybody else that's even asking these questions or this one particular question. Okay, and it goes like this. Stop with the jokes for a little bit. Um, yeah, I can stop with the hot takes for a little bit. Just think, think this one through. Why can't they win more at A&M? Yeah. How come nothing seems to work? And that's not setting you up for an Aggie joke, although some of you might take it that way. It's a legitimate and honest question. It's exactly what I just said. And you can't deny there's plenty of evidence they try. They're about to pay a dude $100 million for trying. You can't say they don't try. Wetzel argues in Yahoo Sports, nobody tries harder. Okay? They try really, really hard. They're all in. Why can't Texas A&M be more than a four-loss-per-year program? Because that is exactly what it is and what it has been for a long time. It's a four-loss-per-year program. doesn't matter who the coach is. doesn't matter what the spending is. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. That's what it is for all the money and all the trying. I'll stop there because I know the standard reaction for people in the state of Texas is, yeah, but what about Texas? It's always the what about. By the way, I think it's part of the Aggie problem, but I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Texas often, myself included, is uh, one of the great underachieving brands in all of sports. I would argue that many times that it's the Dallas Cowboys and the Texas Longhorns as the most underachieving, high-profile brands in football. But then I'm guilty of the same thing everyone else is guilty of, and that is forgetting about A&M. They throw as much money as anyone. And they're a four-loss-per-year program that is nowhere near a championship. I'm not saying and arguing that for all the money spent and all the coaches that have been burned and tossed aside at Texas, they have won a championship and played for another. Just saying. Probably about to win another one. Big 12, that is. So, yeah, 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 they're underachieving. But to be honest, there are very few powerhouses getting less than what A&M has been getting. 
Not even close. And they try so hard. Need proof um, they can't get it right? All right. The title of this piece at Yahoo Sports today, and I've thought about this before, and I don't. this is not even a discussion, typically. After Jimbo Fisher failure, contract embarrassment, comma, what will it take for Texas A&M to be a winner? Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? I, I'm going to end up with a Cleveland Browns reference here or there. Wetzel writes, you can sit around and laugh at as the Aggies' latest gamut, hiring and then extending Jimbo Fisher to massive contracts, blew up in a $77 million mess, but you can't say they didn't try. I would say they always try. It's possible, Wetzel writes, no program in the country tries as hard as Texas A&M to win big. It's just the Aggies don't succeed. Yeah. (laughs) Here are the numbers, just to put this in perspective. Now, we joke, although it's not far off, just like the Cowboys, they spin more, brag more, Texas spins, and we talk about it all the time. You know what? A&M spins just as much, if not more. And it's not working. And it doesn't add up. It doesn't. So how about this? How mediocre for all the effort? We're not talking about Missouri, okay? We're not talking about uh, Duke. We're We're talking about a place that is absolutely obsessed with winning in football. So much so, they had this Jimbo Fisher deal. They didn't do that because they wanted to screw up. They did it because they try so freaking hard. (laughs) They keep getting it wrong. They're like the Cleveland Browns. Bad stuff, man. It doesn't work. It's weird. Okay. So this is from Yahoo Sports. Um, by the way, he has a great comment there. He says, this is Texas A&M. Whatever you need, whatever you want, whatever we can do, ASAP. Yeah. It's exactly what they do. Jimbo Fisher wasn't... They didn't do that to stay mediocre. They did it and made the incredibly stupid move out of absolute desire and desperation. Nobody tries harder than the Aggies at football. The Aggies have won double-digit games once in 25 years. Notice I'm not at all going to make any mention of a championship at all. I've said that all along to Texas, for the money they spend, the brand that they are, has to be measured on trophies. You have to win championships. Winning isn't enough. You have to win championships to matter. They got nothing. They spend just as much. They got nothing. Double-digit games once in 25 years. And that's because of Johnny Manziel in 2012. That was this magical genie in a bottle, what the hell just happened kind of thing. That's because of him. 2012, that's it. That year in 2020, the only times they've managed to not lose at least four games during that stretch. We're talking about 25 years now. They've yet to win the SEC West, let alone the league. Six times. In the past 12 years, Texas A&M reached the Associated Press top 10 during the season. Now let this one sink in. They reached the top 10 during the season, only to wind up unranked in the final poll. Okay. Uh, It's a four-loss program always. Why? Why? 
Okay, so you can crunch the Jimbo Fisher flame-out numbers any number of ways, okay? I mean, it's been done. It's uh, it's almost become kind of a bad joke. Uh, they've ended up paying him. Wetzel says, I, I know it hurts. It's no fun. But let's just get it out of the way because I think it is an example that he's right. I don't know that anyone is trying. Texas tries. They do the same thing. They mostly fail at championships. But they're closer, much. The resume is better, much. Can't think of anybody. Can't think of anybody in a game, the gross industry of professional college football that throws more money, more energy, more resources, more pride at trying to win in football and can't get it right. That's what the Jimbo Fisher, on top of all the gross things about it, the the money, on top of the gross thing about the Jimbo Fisher firing, they did that because they really tried that hard. They're trying to win. They they got it right. I compared it. Did I not compare it a week ago to Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns? Oh, my gosh. I wasn't that far off. And I, I... I don't know that I'm going to give you an answer, but we'll try here. Okay, so let's get the ugliness out of the way and the money that exchanged hands. Uh, Jimbo Fisher was paid about $122 million for six seasons of work. $122 million for six seasons of work. That's $20 million per year. That is $2.71 million per win. And most of those wins have come against... Cream puffs, the directional schools of the world. It's worse than what is reported, actually. I know, I know, their whole thing is, uh, is a couple wins over Alabama. Everything is, is on that. So the numbers are, as you know, are pretty sickening. So, okay, why can't they win? It really is in an odd way like the Cleveland Browns. They're never, the Aggies aren't terrible, but it's nowhere near as good as it should be. It is Cowboys-like. They try so hard, but they can't get it right. Um, they're like the jealous ex. We can do all these things now to just put in perspective how maddening and frustrating it is for someone that cares so much. It's the jealous ex that, uh, let's see, keeps posting pictures and dating people just to spite their ex. Right? Just obsessed with trying to show them up. It doesn't work. Backfires, right? Keeps going horribly wrong. I think they're trying too hard. Um, I, this may need a PhD. We may, we may need it may need some therapy. There may be I don't know management wise. I don't know that they do anything that differently in terms of finding players, taking care of players. I mean, my God, there's nowhere else in this country where people are more singularly obsessed with football than there. Passion is second to none. At Texas, if the game is no good, the people go do something else. My God, at College Station, it'll be full all day and night. Nobody cares more and tries more and gets less in return. And then this deal. So it is like the Browns, especially now. They've lost their quarterback. They can't get it right. Um, the obsession with Texas, and herein I think is a has been a problem And some of you with PhDs, we have to do a little bit of therapy here. Maybe you can uh, find a solution to this. But the obsession with Texas drives so much. And I think it drives so much, it's become a mistake and a big problem. The obsession with Texas is, 
um, I think it's created some paralysis by analysis. I, I, if it's possible to try too hard, if it's possible to swing too hard in the batter's box, that is precisely what A&M does. And a lot of it, not all of it, not all of it, don't fight with me, not all of it is a based on an obsession with Texas. Okay? Paralysis by analysis, I said it. I'm even going to do another analogy. You ready for this one? Okay? You know, you know exactly what I'm saying. You know, if you're not a very good swimmer, okay, and you want to swim faster, you want to be more efficient as a swimmer. When you're a bad swimmer, you slap the water, your arms flail, you expend a ton of energy, and you don't really go anywhere. The harder you try in swimming, the worse it gets. You go nowhere, and you get tired very quickly. It's like the Aggies are swimming way too hard, right? Just flailing and slapping that water. They bail on the Big 12. Uh, Texas didn't care. Texas, I, I, I always thought it, was, uh, I thought it was wrong that they didn't continue to play each other. They think it's wrong on every single level, and it's mostly Texas's fault. They simply don't care. Texas didn't care that A&M was going to the best league. A&M bails on the Big 12 to get away from Texas, I think. And, and I don't know that I necessarily blame them. They want to get away from Texas, and they also strategically probably had a pretty good idea, and that is, hey, look, we're going to go the, the best league at the time in football, still, now Pac-12 right now, but we want to go that league. We want to be able to be in a different league than Texas, just get away from them because they don't, they don't care, and then we want to uh, be able to sell the state of Texas in the SEC to recruits, Again, makes perfect sense. We're in the best league in the country. Um, that's going to produce draft picks, which they have. They've run laps around Texas in terms of turning out first-round players. And all that stuff, that move did not work. In fact, that move completely has backfired. They chased a national championship coach. I think, again, think of swimming really hard. Right, you're slapping that water. You are just trying so hard, and you are going nowhere. You're going to start choking a little bit. They chase a national championship winning coach, Jimbo Fisher. He wasn't a train wreck at Florida State. A lot of people, including the Aggies, thought it was the right move at the time, and not that many people disagreed. Now, some of us, myself included, said, you are fools to redo that deal. But... They chased him originally because they thought they were making the right move. They thought they were a good resume away from closing the deal. Texas had won a championship. Texas had played for another. Why can't we get it right? Let's go chase a guy that's won a title before. So they chased Jimbo Fisher. They threw money at him to come. And then they threw more money at him to win big. And it was a absolute, complete Disaster, obviously. And the question is why? Not just Jimbo Fisher. Why? Why can't they get it? Why can't they be better? There's no metric, right? There's no metric. I mean, a good league, okay, so it's a tough league. You, t- you, you get punched in the nose a little bit. But you're sitting in, arguably, outside of maybe the state of Florida, more high school, great high school players. There's no denying the money will be spent. As Wetzel pointed out, what do you want? And we'll give it to you ASAP. Um, you can't deny there's a more passionate fan base. People care. I, I think it's a horrible place to live, but that's just me. I'm a guy from Austin. But I assume to a lot of young guys, they're going to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They're going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Why would they go to College Station? They are. 
and they can't win. They're a four-loss program, no matter how much is spent, no matter who is coaching, no matter who is quarterbacking. So Wetzel makes some really good points. I, stuff that I've mentioned before that it just, you, you know, when you think about it, you step back, and I guess people just didn't know enough about A&M until this giant dollar amount you know, made it made it a laughing stock, but you don't. They've been really, really trying, desperately trying. Uh, let's see. He says, you know, these are national writers who've made a good observations. Whatever you need, whatever you want, whatever you can do ASAP. Um, double digits once in twenty-five years. Um, he says patience is probably a virtue here, but it's understandable if the Aggies lack patience. They've been doing everything imaginable for a long time, and they've gotten little from it. Besides, some of their prior advantages are now gone. They can no longer tell Lone Star recruits that they and they alone are part of the best league in the country. True. So, too, is Oklahoma, which draws major talent from Texas and whose campus sits about as close to Dallas-Fort Worth with Metroplex's Cod Station. They can't hide from the Longhorns and Sooners any longer. Very true. You know, I always thought that the end of Jimbo Fisher, sort of that horrific moment, was going to be Texas trots in and then beats him there the first year of the SEC. I mean, that, that would have been, I believe that was the day that he would get fired and not even make it, you know, to the locker room. But I think just thinking this through, thinking it over, they are they're furious. I bet you they sit around and talk. My gosh, we're trying hard. We're really trying so hard. That Ward guy says we're trying too hard. I heard him say something like we're swimming, have a really bad stroke, and we're getting tired of the water. Yeah, it's all that stuff. It's all that stuff. Okay. Right, at this point, the talk show host is supposed to have these great solutions. Uh, at this point, the talk show host is supposed to have these hot takes that are going to tell you exactly how to fix it. Um, okay. Jeff? Nobody tries harder than Texas A&M, and it hasn't worked. True. Okay, they're embarrassed by the money. Not so true. So what's the answer? I don't know. I don't know. What else can they try? How about this? I don't think it's going to happen, but this is the only advice I have at this point. It's fascinating. It's disturbing. The world is a better place it would be, the football world would be a much, much better place if they were really good. Could you imagine how cool it would be, a really good Texas, a really good A&M team playing for something? Not just people cracking jokes and trashing each other. I mean, really play for trophies. How cool would that be? All right, Jeff, what's the answer? I don't know. I don't think it's possible, but maybe you should try caring less. <laughs> right? This is it. This is all I have. Try less. Meditate more. Jeff Ward. Weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Hey, bro. Listen to the Jeff Ward Show. You better like that, kid. Well, let's talk about tattoos. Huh. You know, I am one of three, maybe four people in the United States that does not have a tattoo. I'm not against it. I have no issues with it at all, with you having tattoos. I, I don't really care in any way. Now, it's just not my thing. It's not my thing. I'm not judging. 
Well, not yet. Uh, I mean, I'm going to judge in a second. I think he will too. But just the basic premise of having a tattoo is not my thing. And maybe it's some deep-seated, bizarre, you know it is. I prefer to have fewer conversation starters in my life. I don't want to have more conversation starters. Trust me when I tell you this. I want to have fewer. I enjoy talking very little and having you know anything about me, like it's on my neck or forehead or forearm or wherever. I, I don't want to send a message. My only message that I want to send is I really am uncomfortable talking outside of my job. I know it's weird. So that's my, I think that's other than I really don't want you sticking a needle in me. I think that might be it, that it's the reason why it's not my thing. The reason why it's a lot of people are your thing is you have messages and, and you want it out there. And that's cool. And I, at some level, I admire you, but that is not me. I want just the opposite. I want you to talk to me less, okay? I don't want you to ask me about the pitchfork on my neck. I just don't. I want you to not even notice me. So, um, now... I'm going to tell you something. I have to say the barcode tattoo idea does not seem like a... I know. Hang on. It's a thing. The barcode tattoo idea doesn't seem like a bad idea to me. I don't know that if I'm going to turn the rock over and you, Gates, put a chip in my forehead crowd or about to come out of the woodwork. I don't know. Maybe you are. I'm saying this as someone who's not in the game at all. I got to tell you, I don't know that I think that barcode tattoo concept is terrible. I mean, when you think about tattooing yourself to make your life easier, I'm not talking about messages and uh, symbols and conversation starters. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about tattooing yourself with a barcode to make your life easier and faster. And that does appeal to me. It really does. I have no patience. I can't buy more than four things at any time in any store. I can't. I leave. So I think it's not a bad idea. Is that crazy? It's not a bad idea. I think it can make your life easier. It makes some sense to me. It really does. Do you think it makes some sense? And I, exactly what I just described, a barcode tattoo. I like the idea, and I'm going to encourage you to do it. Except apparently it doesn't work. You can't get fat. <laughs> okay? I mean, I get, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Today's Wall Street Journal. And I'm reading this. I'm, I read the journal. And so I'm reading this and I'm thinking, you know what? I don't, I've just described to you why I don't want tattoos. Because I don't want to talk to you. Okay? But I might. If it meant I had a barcode on my forearm... And I could speak less and move through the line faster. I might just do that barcode thing until I read this. This is unbelievable. Um, did you know it was a thing? Did you know it was apparently a growing thing? Did you know any of this stuff? I didn't until today, and I like the idea until today. A Spotify spokesperson said... Quote, we love seeing listeners. I said Spotify. Okay, Did you, are you following me now? Are you following me? Because it's going to get really weird, and it, we're going to end up... Yeah. Yeah. You know, America's dumb. We really are shockingly stupid people. 
Man, Mike Judge was right about us. I'm sorry to stop mid-sentence, but man, he was right. Idiocracy was so right. We are unbelievably dumb. Ugh. Okay. Spotify issued a statement, according to the journal today, we love seeing listeners wear the audio they love on their sleeves and helping them rep their fandom. Since 2017, we've seen Spotify codes used on everything from bumper stickers to sneakers to, yes, tattoos. <sighs> okay, well, the headline of this is, um, that scannable Spotify tattoo sounded like a good idea at the time. Don't get fat. Just, I don't know how you get your forearms fat, but apparently if we get fat, our forearms get fat, and that's a problem. Screws up the barcode. What if you're just telling, deep, 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 trying to scan it in there? Man, have to have somebody come over and hold your arm or something, move the fat out of the way? I don't know. I, I could see how this could be a problem, but I do. I did like the idea. Uh, just how long the tattoo will perform as advertised is a painful subject. A growing cadre of music fans have joined the Spotify tattoo craze as a conversation starter. See, you lost me. See? That's my reason. I don't care if you set me down in the greatest tattoo artists. I'm sure in Austin, Texas, we per capita have the best there is. I don't care if you'd say, Jeff, meet Freddie. Freddie's the Michelangelo of tattoos. I'm going to say, Freddie, I'd love to have a cobra on my chest. But you know what? I don't want to talk to anyone about the cobra in my chest. Freddie, I'm out. Find someone else. Spotify tattoo craze is a conversation starter or a way to commemorate sentimental favorites like wedding first dance songs. While many on social media tout the tats as well as they scan, some are starting to discover that nothing in life is permanent, even tattoos. Over time, the journal reports, ink fades, skin ages, and it warps the lines. Ah, oh, damn. So you think you're going to get your ACDC song and get like, uh, like Celine Dion or something because your code is all messed up. So constantly you're trying to get your music and it won't play your songs because, damn it, my ACDC code is not working out. Oh, man, now I got to listen to like Maroon 5 or something. Oh. I don't know. I mean, Spotify... Spotify I can't imagine they're liable at all, but they might be. Hang on. I mean, if they do offer, look, if I offer up a way for you to listen to the show and, and I'm charging you for it, let's be clear, and I'm charging you for it and you can't, that is on me. And technically, it would be on me. If you're getting your tats because you would like to listen to more Maroon 5 with your barcode, by the way, you suck if you do, but if that's what you wanted, and you're, you get fatter and you got a you know, sunburn or whatever happens to your barcode and you can't, is that Spotify's fault or whoever? You know, I, I, can, I actually, when I first read this, I thought this is a, I might do this for shopping reasons because I can't shop. I'm incapable. I'm like a lost kid in the corner. So if it was for shopping, I might do it. And maybe some of them are, but look out. I want you to meet Veronica Reed. Oh boy. Veronica, shoot. Good taste in music, they went horribly wrong. Veronica Reed, the journal reports, is a 24-year-old graphic designer from Omaha, Nebraska. There's problem number one, Veronica. You got to get out, Veronica. It's time to go. 
don't stay there, young lady. Uh, graphic designer from Omaha, Nebraska. She got one of the tattoos on her right wrist in 2020. She received the code. Ready for it? I mean, I'm not going to rip Veronica too much. Yet. She received the code <laughs> for ACDC's Thunderstruck. <laughs> Good for you, 24-year-old kid. Good for you. It's not my favorite ACDC song, but I, li- I like the passion. I do. I like the taste. <sighs> Veronica. She said this. The whole reason I got Thunderstruck was so I was always have I would always have a drinking game on my arm. <laughs> Does that question? Do tattoos come up in job interviews or meetings? Honest question. Do they? What do you say when the girl across from you? Well, I'm gonna assume that Veronica's probably not having a good Cabernet. So let's assume it's like uh, what do you think? Uh, kind of malt liquor is there out there help me out with some malt liquor let's give me some malt. brandon what's the title of a malt liquor no it is mickey oh good gosh wow went there huh mickey's i do know mickey's all right let's say you sit down with veronica in omaha where you do probably a lot of people do drink mickey's they do and you pull open that thing and try not to slice off your finger with the mickey's big mouth Flirting back and forth over a few Mickey's Big Mouths. Maybe some unfiltered cigarettes. Hey, what's up with the barcode? It's Thunderstruck, man. Watch this. I wave my arm and Thunderstruck starts playing. It's kind of cool, isn't it? Except when it doesn't work, as the Wall Street Journal points out, other stuff might play or you get nothing. Why'd you get that? Well, I love Thunderstruck, and she says, quote, I always wanted to have a drinking game on my arm. Hmm. All right. She's referring to, did you know this? I didn't, I've only heard this before. I don't, when I listen to ACDC, I'm, I, I, I don't think in these terms. She says, um, there's a drinking game that involves alternating chugging a drink whenever the lyrics say, Thunder which is, I don't know, no less than 30 times. Okay, there. A lot of stuff about tattoos. Um, would you get a barcode? If we refined it, let's just say it's gone horribly wrong for Spotify or the people getting the tattoos are getting fat and sunburned or getting skin tags. I don't know what happens. Dermatologists react. But if the barcode thing could be refined and if we could take it to the level I'm most interested in, Shopping, ease of shopping, the ability to not talk, the ability to cruise through a place and get out. Does it have appeal? Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Jeff Ward Show podcast where the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Kids don't gamble. Don't gamble, kids. Less than, no, approximately 24 hours ago. Which was 24 hours from a pretty impressive win on Sunday afternoon in the NFL. Approximately 24 hours ago, doing buy or sell with Cedric Golden, I believe one of the buy or sell statements was 
at four plus four thousand, the Cleveland Browns are a good one hundred dollar bet to make the Super Bowl. Of which Jeff said, "I buy that all day long." The reasoning, Jeff said, like a lot of other people, what an out-of-this-world defense with the best second half, the only decent half we've seen of Deshaun Watson in years. And I'm not kidding when I say years, but a talented guy. So you saw that, and they beat the Baltimore Ravens on the road, which is just unheard of. I'm not saying it was a... It was a lock. I'm, I argued that for 100 bucks, it's worth the chance. Maybe 50 bucks. Cedric argued. 24 hours after saying that, you just lost 100 bucks. You lost 100. It's not happening. The most cursed and idiotic, which goes first, idiotic and cursed or cursed and idiotic? I, either way, the most <laughs> disappointing and depressing sports franchise had the wheels come off again. Again, Deshaun Watson has been a, a, he makes Jimbo Fisher look like a bargain deal. Even more so now, the Jimbo Fisher thing for 117 million bucks looks like nothing compared to $230 million guaranteed. Three first round draft picks for Deshaun Watson, who has done absolutely nothing outside of 29 minutes of good football he now his season is over because he has a fractured shoulder a fractured throwing shoulder so let's add this up again look the browns again at 24 hours ago the browns were scary good 48 hours ago their defense was off the charts 48 hours ago Deshaun Watson was money in the second half against the Ravens. Deshaun Watson was the better player, better than Lamar Jackson in the second half of that game. And the Browns, who have been scaring people a lot of the season, the Browns go into Baltimore, beat the Ravens. And all of a sudden, all of us, myself included, including encouraging you to bet $100, which was really dumb now, because you're going to lose it. It's gone. (laughs) Forget it. Goodbye. It's over. Their season is over. And they gave up three first-round picks to sign him. Okay? They gave up just to make the Aggies feel better about their idiotic deal, just so you'll feel better. They gave up $230 million guaranteed. They're not drafting a quarterback next year because they can't. See, they gave it all away. I mean, they gave away all the good furniture only to find out, like they gave away the paintings only to find out they're, you know, priceless. And he's now going to have season-ending shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder, which I know part of the argument was, I I don't know how this, I do know how it happens because I had a needle stuck in my shoulder today. I know exactly how it happens, but I'm not throwing footballs for $230 million. I know a lot of people are going to say, wait a second. I saw him play in the second half. He was good. You're right. So if you're thinking, the Browns are thinking, can you trot him back out there and try to make him go through it and try to survive? Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe. 
maybe, and just sort of play him until he completely breaks down. Their other argument is, listen, we've got $230 million sunk sunk on this deal. We can't ruin him forever. Except I'm starting to wonder if he's not ruined forever. You know, it's uh, the body's like a car, particularly when you play football. You take it in and there's one thing wrong, you're going to be taking it in, there's another thing wrong, and another, and another, and another. Everything is starting to break down on this guy, including the worst thing that can break down, his throwing shoulder. That's bad news for anybody. Your starting quarterback has to have uh, shoulder surgery. I know, I have to do it soon, except I'm not throwing footballs. Um, But... You don't know what the future is. You don't know how long. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know if he's the same player. This guy has now been, the few times that he does play, he's always hurt. He's breaking down. He's breaking down. History tells you, as an NFL player, you start to break down. Stuff starts piling up. Everything's connected. You look out, man. So not only was has it been a bad deal, there's only bl- glimpses when they're in the second half against the Ravens, that's why I said go bet the 100 bucks. You might as well. But the second half of the Ravens, all of a sudden there was optimism. The poor people of Cleveland were optimistic. They weren't just talking about finding their way into a wild card. They were talking about making deep in the playoffs. Jeff Ward was talking about them making it deep in the playoffs. And in no time, at mid-morning today... They find out their $230 million quarterback is broken down. Oh, you want me to add to it? Again, Aggies, you're going to feel better about this. They got rid of Joshua Dobbs before the season started. Joshua Dobbs is the guy who's like the Disney movie of the NFL season. Joshua Dobbs is the guy who was in Arizona, the quarterback in Arizona, when... They beat the Cowboys. For whatever reason, the Cardinals say, we don't need that guy. He goes to Minnesota on a Thursday, wins a game on a Sunday. He's now 2-0 and in Minnesota in the greatest story of the NFL season. He played for the Browns, and they got rid of him. <laughs> they can't do anything right. They're a disaster. And I don't know that... I don't know that you don't get rid of him. You don't just tell Deshaun Watson, that's it, we're putting you on Craigslist. I mean, you're not going to get anything for him. Uh, nobody's picking up that contract. Nobody's trading for him. He's, he, was, he, had, he, was, he had baggage before. He had issues before, obviously. And then he has injury issues on top of it. Constant injury issues. Oh, and he costs $200 bucks. Good luck selling him. This could not be worse. They really thought, I did too, we're going to make it. We're going we're gonna to turn the corner. We're going to make it in the playoffs. Could they be a wild card team now? Maybe because their defense is so good. But that's it. that's it, maybe. I mean, it really does make the Jimbo Fisher screw-up look, look like nothing. Like uh, just a, a slight swing and a miss. $230 million guaranteed. I believe they've got five more years. <laughs> He got five more years with a quarterback who's broken down. He's had ankle injury. He's had a concussion. He now has a fractured throwing shoulder that ends his season. And you gave up three first-round draft picks to get him. 
and the guy who's the Disney movie of the NFL of 2023, Joshua Dobbs. You got rid of him in August. You're the Browns. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.